0: So I'm f- I surprised I've never brought this up before. But anytime we watch one of these early, like first season especially, but even the first like couple seasons, I feel like, of The Next Generation it always strikes me how dumb looking Worf is at first (laughs) and I can't I can't quite figure out if it's like what they changed to make him look better in like later seasons or like in DS9 I don't know if it's the hair it's either it's something with either the hair or the the prosthetic of like the head ridges and I don't know if they made that more streamlined but he just has such a like round and bulbous head in these first seasons that like and Michael Dorn is like a good looking guy like if you see Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Michael Dorn without all the makeup and I don't know how they managed to make him just so i mean there's clearly lots of problems with like early wharf in the show mm-hmm. um but he, but just like the way he, he just looks so like light bulb headed yeah i feel he, he looks
1: like mega mind or something yeah, uh yeah Kim and I had this exact same conversation. That's actually my first note uh, <laughs> uh, for this episode. I wrote down: Is Worf's head bigger, or is it just a perspective thing? Like, is it is it just like the short hair is making yeah, his head look? Yeah, I can't look tell if it's the hair or if maybe
0: the, the other guess I had was maybe if they like the you know the the foam like head ridges they put on sort of they had to kind of build out more, mm-hmm. and then later on they maybe changed the design of it to something that was more streamlined, so it doesn't like the top of his head doesn't expand as much. Well, because um, yeah. he does look really you know he looks much better in later in later seasons
1: yeah he looks really good in uh in ds9 it's like peak wharf appearance i think yeah
0: but well you know what i let's
1: let's do some research on memory alpha in between <laughs> this episode and our next our next episode and then we that can be our next okay sounds our next good cold open. next
0: next time we see wharf we'll we will have answers
1: all right burr, 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 burr. Hi everybody, and welcome to Out of Contracts, a show where two friends who have seen a part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard,
0: and I'm Brady Jungle.
1: And today we are talking about uh, Symbiosis, which is Next Generation season one, episode twenty-two. Or it might have said we might we might have said a different a different episode number last time, but that happens sometimes with episodes where they're in where there's where there's there's a, there's a uh, two a two-hour you know episode included somewhere in the shows that it messes up yeah. all the episode numbers. So again, as as always, always good rule of thumb is just watch the name watch the episode we say then when we say its name if, even if it's ro- the wrong number find find the episode name and watch that one so this one is it's directed by uh, Wynne Phelps and uh, written by Robert Lewin, Richard Manning, and Hans uh, Bemler. Bemler, not sure. Uh, Boimler, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh, And uh, it, it's uh, it, after the Enterprise D rescues a freighter crew and the ship's important cargo. Captain Car- Picard faces a difficult dilemma: uphold the Prime Directive or save an entire civilization from exploitation. Um, so yeah, this is the first uh, season one uh, episode we've watched for a while of season of, of TNG I think it's the first we've yeah. watched for a while of I, I would say like TNG's dark period uh, would you <laughs> say like that's which is I generally like before it really hit its stride yeah yeah seasons one and two I actually so the in between now and the last time we watched it, in season one or, or, or early early TNG episode I watched this it's like an hour-long documentary directed by and hosted by William Shatner called Chaos on the Bridge and <laughs> it's basically about why <laughs> Why the first two seasons of TNG are so bad? Like, oh, really? that, that's not really like what, like, if, if you, that's not what the synopsis says, but the, but the, the, it, basically what it's about is how the first two seasons of the show were uh, featured just a bunch of people totally grappling for control over the show and having these wildly different visions for like what the show should be and how the rules of the show should operate and all these things. And how, Basically, like this infighting combined with Roddenberry having some maybe antiquated ideas about how the show should be portraying the future, like kind of led to a lot of like the the bad stuff. Mm. And and that the show really picks up. You know, there, there's some signs of life in basically like the, the the documentary is like the only really good thing that happens in season one is Q. And then uh, <laughs> and then like the Borg come in in season two, and that's something. And then in season three, by that by then not not it's not like making light of roddenberry dying but it's kind of like by then like roddenberry has died and and like the guy who was executing roddenberry's vision on the show has either been fired or quit i can't remember and and then we start making a real television show basically yeah but yeah pretty pretty interesting though i, I would definitely recommend yeah, it, it that is interesting it's very kind of corny like there's a lot of stuff where like they don't have reenactment reenactments but they have these these kind of like animatics or um or just like drawings, like graphic type things yeah where it's like like they're, where like they'll be interviewing you know one of the producers of the show and he'll be like Patrick was unhappy and then it'll like it'll have like a drawing of Patrick Stewart like you know at a meeting with this guy and he's like sitting at a lunch table and 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 the, but then uh, so and then sometimes it'll be like that and other times it'll be like someone's like I really had to have a showdown with Gene and then it'll like draw the guy but he's like dressed up like a cowboy with like guns <laughs> like he's like he's at like a, a you know a shootout at the OK Corral or something and it's that stuff is kind of like a little cringe as the kids say i guess but like <laughs> sure. it's interesting info though it's 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 definitely and shatner is hmm. not too intrusive you know like they, they, they basically yeah. the only time like shatner offers his opinion is at one point he's like interviewing frakes about the show and frakes asks him well, what would you think of the show <laughs> he was like i didn't think it was he was like i was kind of annoyed that like they were gonna do star trek without me you know basically it's uh which is like a yeah. funny perspective too because it's like yeah at that point you know all he was star trek in a lot of ways and it and now, it's like there's been so yeah, much more Star true. Trek produced without without the original series cast and crew than there was. But it, it, I'm sure it was a weird feeling at the time.
0: Yeah, especially because the original series was so much more... Like, he was clearly the star of the show. Whereas, I think all the subsequent ones were much more, like, ensemble-type shows. Yeah.
1: I um, This episode, I don't know. This episode, though, is bad in kind of a different way. Like, <laughs> they, like they talk. It
0: they, is. I, I feel like it does... I, th- I think there are some moments where it also demonstrates... You know, I think definitely there are issues with, like, the direction of the show and that. But I feel like a lot of the actors were still kind of coming into their own at this at this point in the show. They were, like, figuring out, like, who they were, who their character was. Like, I think in this one especially, I, there's a few times where Gates McFadden kind of just, like, almost overacts a little bit. Mm. Whereas I feel, like, you know, later on in the show, I think she, she kind of settles into who her character is, but in, she just comes a little strong in this one. Um, I think it took, you know, I think it took Marina Sirtis a while to really get comfortable with um, with her character. Like, she just... She's only in like one or two scenes of this, but she just seems kind of like uncomfortable delivering the lines.
1: She's wearing that bad. Um, she's wearing that bad tight outfit. It's, it's maybe yeah. She's, but, maybe she's
0: physically uncomfortable. <laughs> she she probably is too. Yeah.
1: Uh, um, well, they all were. I mean, like that's that's one of the cra- uh, one of the crazy things about the show is that one of one of the multiple reasons why their outfits look so bad in the first two seasons of the show is that they were all intentionally made one size too small in order to like be more like form fitting, like for mm-hmm. men and women. So like. They're all just like super uncomfortable all the time because like their their clothes have been. Yeah, and it was I, I it remember hearing
0: it was like a really like uncomfortable fabric too. Like it was some cheap, like Yeah, it looks really bad. Like that. Yeah. The
1: the but yeah, you know, in the documentary, like they kind of talk about like one of the central problems with the show it originally was that uh Roddenberry was like basically wanted to make a show without any conflict. Like he was like, you know, in the future, like everyone will solve all these problems, and so you know, you you can't like have any members of the cast like fighting with each other ever or like having disagreements or stuff like that and hmm. people were like well we need to have conflict it to makes a TV to make show, it you know
0: interesting television yeah. yeah
1: and which which you know to be you know to be fair to this episode like there is actually a little bit of conflict i i didn't really mind crusher in this episode because i always like it when crusher gets to have a disagreement with picard about some kind yeah. of medical thing and so like that that was present in this and that is also probably like it's like simultaneously like the best part of the episode and i also think also like one of the parts of the episode where it's like there's some wasted potential there because i think that there's a episode is basically about two different things, which is, it's about making an after school special about drug addiction, which is just Uh uniformly terrible. And then there's also this prime directive thing, which is, which is interesting, but then ultimately I think doesn't really stand up to any kind of scrutiny at all in terms of like how it's executed, because it seems like, it seems like Picard is kind of saying like, well, I can't do this, but I can do this. And it doesn't really seem like there's like that much of a, it seems like there's, that's he's making a distinction without a difference.
0: Like minor distinction. Yeah. On a technicality. Yeah. So
1: yeah. Why don't you let, let's 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 dive into this one. Take us in.
0: Sure. So the the episode starts out and they're as they're sort of going on a scientific mission and they're doing a they're analyzing some phenomenon that's happening with us a, a star or us I guess they call it a sun. Um, and my favorite part of this is they you know the the sun starts it's encountering like massive solar flares or some phenomenon that they're going to to capture information on and when it starts they uh picard says you know put the the photosphere filter on the on the main screen and then they just pop up this little like Dash. uh like ms paint black dot on the screen and then like scroll it over to cover up the sun
1: well it's like uh you know technology to look at like eclipses just hasn't changed at all it's it, just, just using like those things that you had in like grade school where you'd like have a little box that would like so you could look at an eclipse you know yeah that's basically all that is
0: but yeah i really enjoyed just the the visual effect of like the big black dot just the that kind of like scrolls across the screen. Yes. Um, And they all just, overall in the scene, I feel seem like very impressed and awestruck by something that you would assume space explorers would have seen by now. Like they're basically just looking at a star. And the like, the score, like the music swells, like the score gets really dramatic, and they, I, and then they like show it, and it's just like it's a star, and there's like little flares coming off of it, um and everyone's like, my god.
1: Well, it's one of those, it's one of those things where I bet you that it was probably more impressive back then, because it's like you know if you saw a real star doing that up close, like they are, like that would be pretty cool, because we've never seen a star do that in, in real life. But then, but then like it just doesn't look that great now, <laughs> so it's kind yeah, of yeah, because like, you've seen so many things that visual effect yeah it's like kind of a okay cgi for the for the late 80s pretty impressive yeah you know? i guess that's true <laughs> or you know like i was just watching last night i was watching the thief of baghdad which is a 1940 like adventure movie that is kind of a, a lot of the dna for aladdin is in that uh is in that mm-hmm. movie and like i i was thinking to myself that that movie i think is actually pretty visually impressive for the time period because like the first it's like the first movie to use like blue screen and stuff but uh i was just like laughing at stuff being like man i've bet you this like when when this guy is tall and that guy is little that probably blew people's minds back then you know how did they do yeah and it's like now it's like oh i know how they did that but it's it's still like cool it's like this is like pretty inventive but you know uh it does it doesn't quite have the same oomph with with age yeah it's a good movie though other than other than all the white people wearing uh the uh middle east middle eastern face yeah
0: yeah and so as they're exploring this then they suddenly get a distress call from a this like freighter ship that's going between two planets in the system and has gotten sort of caught in the gravity of this sun and is like about to fall into the sun and they send out a distress stress call being like you know help we don't you know our our ship's not working and we can't get out and at first the like enterprise tries to kind of troubleshoot like figure out they scan their ship and figure out what's wrong with it and tell them you know oh it looks like you just have to realign this one coil or something like that and the just the the freighter pilot is kind of this clearly like clueless dumb person and uh, this scene especially i feel like there's some really good like facial acting between uh like picard and Riker. Mm-hmm. as they're just kind of baffled by how like they're like frustrated but also just confused by how useless the the captain of this ship is mm-hmm. um as they're like trying to explain something and he's like oh do you know how to do that yeah <laughs> and also just seems like kind of unconcerned by the fact that he and his crew are about to die and then they decide to just beam over the the people from from that ship and so they go down to the transporter room and tell them all to like get on your transporter pad so we can beam you over but the first thing instead of beaming any of the people over they beam over their cargo this kind of stack of containers and then and then the second round they beam over the people but they only get there's six people on the ship and only four of them make it over and the other two die and no one seems to care the only thing any of them care about is is that the cargo made it safely
1: so a couple a couple things about this this bunch one of them is that I, I wrote down that t- two of them the two from like the, the planet that was will find out like the poor planet they both look like they're wearing farmer pajamas is what I wrote like they, <laughs> they look like they're like they're wearing like, overalls but they're made of like felt or something and then yeah. the the two people from the rich planet just look like they're members of Abba they just <laughs> like it, it was crazy they just they clear they look so 70s, and this is like made almost in the 90s. You know, like like it was yeah. it was wild. But like one yeah, one of them has like this like really shiny like tight jacket and um. But then the other thing is that the main the main one of them like the one that gets probably the most screen time, the guy who was doing the distress call, his name is Tajan or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you see who he was played by?
0: I did. It's uh, but well, I I looked it up because I remembered you texting well, me about. We didn't even talk about that in the voice. show. I
1: I thought it was somebody okay. who it is definitely not.
0: Sure, but yeah. But no, I did look it up, and it's um, it's David Marcus, or it's the actor that plays David Marcus yes. in *The Wrath of Khan*.
1: Merritt Butrick, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's David Marcus, which I would not have recognized him. I and mean, this is this is quite a bit later, I think, that he played.
0: Yeah, and I, this is apparently um, because I, I did read a little bit about him. I don't know where this falls in this, but he he died, I think, less than a year after this episode, um, and apparently had like a a pretty rough battle with AIDS and that too. So yeah. I wonder if that's why he kind of looks more I mean also that that character is supposed to obviously look more like gaunt and um, yeah and weathered but did, did you catch the other so the 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 rich guy um whichever one is the the man um was also from the Ra- in the wrath of khan
1: oh no i didn't Something know that. Like that
0: yeah he plays joaquin the he's sort of khan's like right hand man type guy mm-hmm. uh with like that same kind of long blonde hair and that oh interesting um, yeah
1: judson judson scott is that guy's name
0: yeah he's good
1: he's he's has got i liked i liked the woman too whose name the rich woman whose name is langor uh and her she's played by uh, kimberly farr uh so uh get some good like kind of like snide Rich people. Uh, act. Yeah,
0: yeah. So and that. So what we kind of find out as they they explain what the sort of point of this episode is going to be is that they're they're from these two separate planets that essentially the rich planet and the poor planet and the poor planet is all people that have been that are affected with this what they think is this deadly plague that the only medicine for that that can treat it comes from i think it's from a plant that grows on the the rich planet or basically is is a medicine that's produced by the rich planet and that's become the entire economy of the rich planet is all they do is they make this medicine and then everything else they basically get from selling the medicine to the poor planet so all of their food and resources and everything else come from this from this uh commerce between them um and and what i don't know should we go ahead and go into what the like turn is or i don't know are there any other like important plot points that happen
1: yeah i mean there's not really like basically yeah they have this thing and they they want to yeah it's it's medicine and 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 there's there's this big argument that is kind of like never really resolved or really even explained where one where the people who want it who are what are the... Yeah, so the... the. So this is something they kept... I
0: don't, I don't know why it was. Maybe I just wasn't paying close enough attention. But they keep saying the names of these two planets, and I kept, could not keep straight which one was which. So, so there's these the, two planets named Brecca and Ornara. Yeah, so the Ornara... So they call them the Brecquins and the Ornarans. The but Unarans I could never the... remember which one was the rich one and which one was the poor one.
1: Yeah, the poor one is the is the Ornarans, and then the rich ones are the, the Brekians. And so the Ornarans the keep on saying, well, we paid for this, and the Brekians are saying, no, you didn't. And so... Yeah,
0: because I think the payment was on this same freighter that oh, got okay. destroyed. Oh, okay. I missed that. Yeah. And so so the Onorants had kind of like, you know, collected their whole, you know, all of their payment and were using this freighter to transport it back and forth. I don't understand commerce-wise where they were in the exchange if it had both the medicine and what they were paying but Mm -hmm. i don't think you're supposed to think too much about that um but that that was i think what yeah what they were saying is that when the freighter got destroyed it had all of the the payment that was supposed to go to the brekkians so the brekkians never received any payment for this which they were you know they feel like they were dependent on and so if they didn't receive the payment then they say well we're not going to give you the product without being paid for it
1: right and so basically they just kind of fight about that for a while there's a scene where they you find that they can shoot electricity out of their hands so they start doing that at each other for a little while yeah
0: that, which seems like one of those things that's just kind of randomly like someone thought was a cool idea and randomly threw into this episode, but doesn't, <laughs> doesn't really yeah. have anything to do with the plot otherwise. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then at, at some point, basically the, the Anara start experiencing the symptoms of the disease and, but then but Beverly tests them and figure realize, says, oh, there's, there's something actually wrong with that, but it doesn't seem like, which yeah. is, in the, around that point is when we get to the.
0: Yeah. And the so the, the, the Breckians agree to give them each basically like one dose to treat themselves. Um, to relieve these symptoms. And uh, Crusher watches their kind of response to that and immediately recognizes that this isn't a medicine, it's actually just a very powerful drug. And what they think is like they think they're experiencing a disease, but actually are just having withdrawal symptoms. Um, and and then as they kind of go into this, this is where, so initially when, like the first half of this episode, I was actually, like, I wouldn't say I was like enjoying it or thought it was like a particularly good episode, but I did feel like it was being oddly like ahead of its time because I was interpreting it as being about like big pharma. Me too, me too. And like, which which I was like that even, I didn't even realize that was an issue all the way back in like 88 or 89. Like that seemed more like a late '90s, early 2000s thing, because like OxyContin didn't come around till '96, and those kinds of things. But but then I I realized that that was really just like me projecting. Like it actually seems like it would fit pretty well for that kind of a story. But I think that was just me projecting kind of what's at the front of like the cultural zeitgeist now. And I think it was really just a like drug addicts and drug dealers type of thing.
1: Well, it's it's weird though, because I think that maybe even more than they intended to, it does kind of mimic that stuff. Because the other thing that, that I think the thing you're leaving out that is kind of, a, that, that would make you think that, because I, I also wrote this down at one point in the middle of the episode, I was like, this is basically about opioids, is that they say that it, it it's not just that it was a drug, it's that at one point it was medicine, like the, the, that it was, there was a, a plan and yeah and this this stuff treated it
0: yeah but then it like worked and it cured it and the plague's not the plague has actually been gone for yeah. years
1: and, and which is very like very much like you know opioid addiction like you know, morphine like that kind of a thing where it's like you know there was a medical like legit medical use for this and then now people are addicted to it and so I don't even know if that was really an intentional thing but like you know given where our nation is today I think that is something that is sort of maybe on purpose or maybe accidentally accidentally
0: relevant yeah and i because I, 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 I again at first i was very impressed that they were like doing this episode that was like so kind of on the nose about you know like pharma like exploiting people with calling things med- you know with things that are like necessary medicine but then also taking advantage of the addictive nature of it and that and i was like wow that's really again like kind of something that i feel like people weren't talking about as much back then but i think it was the point when they do the what, yeah. you, what you call the <laughs> after school special with uh with tasha VR and Wesley that I was just like oh no this is just this is just an 80s show about drugs are bad
1: yeah it's a, there's a very yeah it, it really is it turns on a dime like it truly like where I'm like oh that's kind of interesting to be like Ugh. like it's, <laughs> it's not because that's the thing is that it, it really does feel like an episode of like you know full house or cosby show or or like um you know family matters are one of those things where where like they got paid money by the government to talk about how drugs are bad or something because yeah because because you know like star trek obviously is like a very issue oriented show but like they they do that stuff like by means of like allegory and by means of kind of like illustrating actions and stuff and then this scene with with yar and and Wesley, yeah wesley's basically like i don't understand drugs yeah like, it's literally the-?
0: like the two of them on the bridge and wesley's just like <laughs> Why do people do drugs, Tasha?
1: And then, yeah, then Tasha basi- basically says, like, well, I grew up on the streets, and sometimes people do drugs because they don't see a better life for themselves. And, and ba- Basically, she, she basically, like, you know, it, she, it really doesn't have anything to do with, like, her home planet, which, like, as we know from other episodes, is, like, insanely terrible and stuff. It's just kind of, like, it, it could be earth she's talking about like even though she, that's not where she was from uh yeah and it it's it, it could be an it could it, you really could not really even change it except for like where she says on my home planet you could just say like in my home neighborhood like yeah like it, it, you could put it into any television show right it, it's like, so th-
0: things are tough and people want to escape and <laughs> like like literally a line from this episode is drugs Can make you feel good.
1: Yeah, it's it's so bad. And but the other thing about it too that I was complaining to Kim about is I said like that's not even relevant to the episode because that's not why they're on drugs. Like like the the people who because she goes like says a bunch of things about how like drugs. Yeah, like they're not
0: using it recreationally. Right. She's saying that
1: drugs are something people do to escape if you don't have a lot if you don't have a lot of income or you don't have a lot of options in your life or things like that. And it's like that's not that that's literally has nothing to do with this episode. At all because this episode is about people who have been tricked into thinking the drugs are medicine like that right. which is completely not what is she's talking about so it doesn't even it doesn't even make sense to put in the episode thematically let alone like from a narrative perspective it kind of stops everything dead but uh yeah. just a really bad scene <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah um and then and then one episode later is skin of evil and so oh really Is she dead after yeah so this is this is tasha Yar's second to last episode and then after this they uh they kill her off yeah well i guess not like sort of second to last she comes back once or twice but
1: well she yeah she comes back i think only once and then later on like her her kid comes
0: back as as uh
1: her kid her 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 kid from the past who's half romulan
0: yeah who hates humans yeah it's a Everything they do with Tashir is like weird and not great.
1: I don't. Um, I don't think Denise Crosby does a great job on the show, but I also do kind of feel bad for her and that character too, because it's like you know they write they because basically like everyone was like they talk about this on Chaos on the Bridge too, basically how she just kind of gets unceremoniously offed, at, which I have mixed feelings about because I again I don't like the character, but and also I get why that's kind of a a pretty you know ignoble way to end, but also I think there's something like kind of interesting about it from like a shows like that didn't just suddenly kill someone in the middle of a show before so I, i'm sure that like when you were watching the show originally you probably were like oh she's fine right and then <laughs> what
0: if, she keeps like not being fine she's, you're just like,
1: wait yeah what is she and that would have been probably like pretty shocking and kind of an interesting way i'm sure when that happened but then the thing is though is that then they bring her back for yesterday's enterprise and they basically make a big to do about how like she had such a basically how the writers did her dirty
0: in season yeah five. and she like well i want to have a death that that means something
1: right and then she lives and then you find out <laughs> and, later on and, that like oh she got captured by Romulans and raped and
0: yeah it was like, like horribly her. mistreated it's, in it's, captivity for it, years it's like. so
1: much worse than what happened to her originally yeah which is just like a weird a weird slime guy was like you're dead now <laughs> but yeah probably the best thing that the, her best like ending is is um when you see the data has that the, the data has that little uh hologram of her that he he keeps to like remember her by and then like they bring it up during his major man episode and stuff like that but yeah uh, anyway <laughs> that's this we're talking about we're really getting, episode.
0: <laughs> we're really taking some tangents on this uh, that's okay that's okay yeah so that's kind of the conceit of that or that's the whole sort of like drugs thrust of this episode um and then kind of the predicament that that puts picard and you know crusher is sort of his you know crusher is the one who discovers all of this and and explains it and kind of goes through it with picard and the predicament it puts picard in is whether to because the is sort of whether to allow this to continue knowing as he learns that it's entirely just the two like one race exploiting the other and like lying to them and telling them that these that these narcotics are meditative. And so he has to decide, does he give the, you know, just give the narcotics back to them and allow this to continue or does he withhold it or kind of explain what's going on or, or try to fix it. And, and this is where the whole kind of prime directive thing comes in is, you know, he, he says that we can't just be like Starfleet going around and kind of imposing our, our morality and our ideals and kind of deciding to fix every, every planet and culture and how they interact because of what we think is right or wrong.
1: But And this... Well, for, first of all, I just want to, I can't, we can't let this pass without talking about the best part of the episode, which is at one point to is demanding that they, <laughs> you, you know what I'm going to say, that to <laughs> uh, John is demanding that they send the Felicium, that's the name of the, the, the drug, like down to, down to Onara. And there's kind of a little bit of a standoff. And then to holds Riker hostage by like charging up his hand and putting it like over Riker's heart. And the <laughs>
0: face that <Jonathan> Frakes Frakes. <laughs> makes is incredible. Like it's, and then he has to like freeze freeze in that for yeah for like several this, seconds
1: Just kind of like wide eyes like slack mouth yeah like it's sla- slack great shot. yeah it's so funny that's definitely what the episode image is going to be as long as i remember to do it but okay yeah,
0: i it, hope i was hoping it would because yeah it's so great yeah
1: it's uh it, it by far the best part of the episode kim and i were uh, busting a gut laughing um but uh, yeah
0: because they they kind of like argue like uh, to John and Picard are kind of like arguing back and forth, and the whole time Frakes is again like clearly just like they told him like okay make this pose and, and then stay, stay very still stay because really you're being still. electrocuted. And, yeah, his head <laughs> so is like leaning just over there like, like ah. yeah.
1: yeah, it's it's pretty funny.
0: And then I also love that at the end of that you know uh, essentially Picard like calls to John's bluff and says you know I don't believe that that you're a killer and to John is like yep you're right and just let's let's Riker go and then they go to like it's clearly like a commercial break. And when we come back, the first thing that happens in, like, the first scene back is Riker kind of, like, pops up and he's like, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm perfectly fine.
1: It's a stupid thing for Picard to do to call his bluff anyway, because he was always going to send them the drugs anyway.
0: Yeah. Although I think at this point,
1: no, he wasn't because yeah, because the, at that point the the he's still some for some reason taking the like that's the thing too is that like it seems like he just kind of like, takes the Breckian side for no reason.
0: Yeah. Well, because there's also a point the money, where I mean. the the conflict is between like the Breckians actually are refusing to give the drugs to Durnarans the because they haven't been paid for it, and so for a while the decision is he's trying to decide who to let like whether to let the urinarans keep it or let the brekkians keep it and then near the end the brekkians kind of after we find out what's going on the brekkians decide you know okay we'll just graciously give you know give these medicines to the urinarans essentially the implication being that like we don't want them to
1: to realize that it's not to realize that
0: they can live without it yeah you know because if if we didn't give it to them then they would go through the withdrawal symptoms but then they would all survive and kind of start to recover and so to keep them addicted we'll go ahead and give it to them which then you know then kind of in a way i guess sort of like makes the decision for picard but also yeah you know he still has the opportunity to intervene and tell them what's going on or like refuse to give it to either one of them but he decides to just let them keep it and let the cycle continue and and crusher is you know sort of very strongly disagreeing with him over all of this and says you know it's not right we have to you know we can't let these people continue to be exploited
1: i think that the prime directive is like a good thing but i also think the crusher is right in this
0: circumstance like if you come across like clear like exploitation or wrongdoing well
1: I, <laughs> well that kind of but like i you know i get i understand like i understand that the point of the directive is like you can't just go around and like changing civilizations willy-nilly but then the the thing is though is that this is not i don't think that the prime directive even really applies in this case it doesn't seem to me because like he he just kind of says oh it's for like less advanced civilizations but then it's like well what what even like what what is what is the line there? Because like sure they don't know how to use the ships, but like they have ships, like they're warp capable. Yeah, they can, they can, they can talk to between them planets. like planets. Yeah, they're aware of other life on other planets. You know, like like yeah, they're, they're it's gonna...
0: not really treated like a like first contact type.
1: Yeah, they can clearly like situation. talk up to space because they talk with people on the planet and stuff. And it just kind of seems like and so the thing too is that like you know at the end the kind of the, the compromise that gets made is that Picard is like well I can't tell them what's going to happen. But we were going to give them these these coils to fix their ships, and I'm gonna what I'm gonna do instead is set say like, well, actually, I can't give you the coils for the ships because yeah,
0: and basically saying that like so soon like their ships will break, and so they won't be able to continue this trade, and then they'll kind of you know find out on their own.
1: And, and, yeah, which is like that that a you're kind of just doing the same thing. You're just doing it. You're just doing it in the, the reverse right. order. Right. It's sort the of the Batman done
0: like. A, I don't have, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to say yeah. you either. So I'll just like right. leave you on this train that's about to explode. Yep. Like and, I didn't kill him. And, the explosion killed him.
1: Yeah. And, and so that, that, that's part of it. But also it's like, well, you were going to give him the 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 coils. And so if you were going to give him the coils, then you were, is, wasn't that, it was that violent in the prime directive? And why, why would that be violent in the prime directive and telling them Would be. You know what I mean? Like, it it just, it it doesn't really seem like they really 100% thought this one through (laughs) in terms of yeah, but Picard's like moral decision. He just feels like he's doing some gymnastics, and ult- it's like ultimately because of that. I again, that's another reason why I, why I agree with Crusher because she basically says, well, look, if we had just told them, we could have actually given them. We could have basically given them like Narcan, you know, or you know, not Narcan, but we could yeah, have given them like methadone, the you know, withdrawal like withdrawal
0: symptoms. Uh, yeah, she she says like I can synthesize something that will like make their withdrawal not be as like painful, but also won't itself be addictive. So you can kind of help them through the withdrawal, and then they won't have this addiction anymore afterwards it also i feel like the whole thing with like the ships and the coils there's a couple of problems i had with it so the first is just the whole that they portray the you know kind of from the very beginning of the episode they portray the the like poor drug addicts as also being idiots that like we don't know how to fly the ships and fix the ships and like all we would do all we want is our drugs that's all we care about um which is just again kind of a like very like you said cringy yeah yeah uh, character portrayal but also just raises the question of like how did they get these ships in the first place well i think if they have no one who knows how to fix them like who built them
1: well i think what they i think what they were saying is that i think that it used to be if i I recall correctly basically these these two different planets used to kind of have like flipped economies where the the Arnarans were really prosperous and like technologically advanced and then this plague ravaged it ravaged them and then the much more like agrarian uh, Brekkians had this had this plant. And like so, they only had
0: like one thing going for them, but it was it was the thing that this the medicine that they were able to exploit. Okay, right. I didn't catch that. I think because when they were explaining that, I couldn't remember which one was Ornara and which one was Breckia. Yeah,
1: and so I, I I got the I got the impression that basically the, these ships are like leftover from the good times,
0: you know? Uh, okay, and so then so they've essentially kind of like de-evolved since then into like the Brekkians only because they they go a little bit again kind of the Prime Directive part of it that I thought. Would would have been interesting to dig a little deeper into is that essentially the Brekkians are just as dependent on the Urnarrans in a different way because there's a line at some point that yeah. they say like they have no other industry or econ- like their entire economy of their planet is just that they make this drug and sell it to the ornarans and the ornarans kind of give them everything else that they need which is so again it's like to... one of the
1: of another, another them, one of those lines where you're like oh like pharmaceutical companies like like there's so much stuff where it just is like the beginning the first half of the episode really is like it really does seem that way and then at the end it's like yeah nah, nah, you
0: know no it's just it's just Just don't get addicted to drugs because and guess, all you want is drugs.
1: I guess maybe like then they're supposed to be like cartels. I don't know. I mean, maybe, probably.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I, is that they're just more of like, yeah, like drug dealers then. But yeah, but yeah, because I felt like that could they could have dug more into because they call, that's why the episode is called Symbiosis and they, you know, they kind of refer to it as this like symbiotic relationship um, where, you know, they're just as dependent. And so if you were to kind of like break down this trade, you know, yeah, you would put your arms through what you would, but also like the Brekkians would have no way to, you know, the kind of economic impact on them they wouldn't have a way to like feed themselves or you know like have any of the things they need to live is kind of the i, I feel like you could have gone somewhere with that side of the story but they don't really dig deep into that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i don't know it's yeah a i a kind of a frustrating little episode I, also like
1: uh <laughs> you know just kind of some other just little writing things i uh, just there were i i, I think one, one thing about this sh- about season one that i always think about is that it is kind of more fun to watch in hindsight because like season one and two of of tng is not very fun to watch the first time you watch it because it's yeah i remember when
0: you when you first watched it you were just like why do people like this show so much right like because you were you would you really enjoy the original series mm -hmm. and then went to watch next generation (laughs) and kept texting me being like this i don't get this i don't i'm not getting into this show at all it's not good yeah
1: and 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 it's always more fun to watch it later because you're like oh i like the characters and so like you you have like something to hang on to because they are good characters you know And, and and like even like i was you know kim Kim was watching it and she's like you know like she's like Patrick Stewart is a really good actor <laughs> like even in this not very good episode of tv like he's still he's still bringing the heat you know but yeah. I, I, I was just like struck by you know something they never really fully solved on the show which is like how to write good things for Marina Sirtis to say you know who again who I think is a fine act- actor and just just kind of yeah. so you know I think that they they were like what if we put a psychic person or like a someone who could read minds on the show and then we were, didn't really ever think about the implications of what that would mean because the two things that she says in the show where she's like sensing people's intent is that one time at the beginning when like the solar flare is making the ship move she basically says people are nervous about like people are being uneasy about the turbulence on the ship and it's like yeah. well you don't need to be you don't need to be uh, uh beta z to, to know that and then or beta Zed to know that and then um the other thing she says later on is basically she says it's weird how they don't how the people on from the the Breckin and and, Breckian and and uh onaran ships don't care about the two people who died which again
0: not is, is made pretty obvious yeah uh, by,
1: everyone everyone would think that was weird like you, you know you're ar- yeah. you already think it's weird before she says that
0: yeah it is unfortunate that again i think it got better as the show went on but she yeah she's just fairly i mean, i know she's talked before about how you know they would always give her a bunch of jargon to say and i think there was a degree of like if you listen to marina Certis actually talk like she has a very she has kind of like a like sort of regional dialect from wherever in england she's from yeah um and i think they tried very hard like she's she's definitely like and again i don't know like london accents well enough to tell you and i think they kept trying to make her sound more like no you have to be like nice and refined in that and so you can just tell she's like trying very hard to say the words the right way and like not really getting the chance to act yeah i feel Um,
1: she she's she almost has like i've heard some, some people say that she has like a, almost like she's an affected like almost an, an israeli accent or something like like she does kind of which i i think like you know now that you know we have like these two wonder Woman movies with gal gadot in them like she does kind of have like a wonder Woman voice to a degree
0: yeah whereas if you listen to like you know interviews with her in that like she's just like a, a person from london mm-hmm. um but uh yeah like there's just I, whatever like the, kind of like affectation they try to make her have with her dialogue is i feel like she just always seems very uncomfortable trying to get the lines out. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: uh, well, I think that's all I had. Uh, you had Anything else from you? Uh,
0: the only thing I had, and again, it has nothing to do with the rest of the episode, but I did really enjoy, I I, I really liked the kind of like finishing the like button scene. Oh, um, yeah. When they, you know, they've just kind of gotten through all of this and dropped off the people and Picard is kind of, you know, doesn't feel good about what happened and is just like, I just want to get like as far away from here as possible. And the, Like, you know, LaForge, who's the, the helmsman in this first season, asked him like, where do you wanna go, Captain? And he's just like, Oh, just anywhere away Pick from somewhere. here. And so Yeah. <laughs>
1: so much pressure and, if you're the helmsman.
0: <laughs> right. And and Jordy gets this great line where he, you know, picks a system and, and someone asks him like, Well why why are we like right after he was told like i don't care where we go pick somewhere and then he picks somewhere and someone i don't i forget if it's picard or riker that asked him like well why there which seems a little unfair yeah like if you're told like pick anywhere you want and then you pick somewhere and you're like why that one um and and his answer is we've never been there before and like that's the you know the last line of the show of the episode and i was like that's a cool yeah cool like star trek-y type of thing i
1: would have liked that more if like it had anything to do with what had previously been going on in this episode you know but uh, but yeah it's it's like a good idea it seems like the kind of
0: thing you could to put at the end of any star trek episode but yeah if they
1: if they had one that was more about like exploring or something or or even like exploring. not exploring where they were like oh we had to deal with something on earth or whatever you know but yeah, yeah I'm, not not bad. I'm
0: ready to go somewhere
1: well thank you everybody for listening uh we come out every other week on sundays uh so our next episode that we're doing is called gravity it is season five episode 13 of voyager and um so you can come back in two weeks and listen to us uh then watch the show beforehand if you want uh in the meantime time you can check out we have uh, three different sister podcasts that are on the kaleidoscope media network there's that's not how science works which is a science pop culture podcast there's here's johnny which is a horror media podcast and there's wizard studies which is a harry potter podcast uh, for us you can uh, follow us on twitter at contracts you can email us at out at gmail.com or you can visit our website at autocontracts.podbean.com. contracts was spelled c-o-n-t-r-e-k-s and that's i think that's all for today thanks everybody
0: thanks everybody bye